Welcome to My Health and Safety, the podcast designed to bridge the gap between your personal and workplace wellness. I'm Tamara Misevich-Healy, a passionate health and safety professional who strives to help create a happier and healthier world. Workplace health and safety is simply a continuation of our personal health and safety, but we often feel powerless at work. You know, where we currently spend over a third of our life, Although it may feel hopeless to integrate the two, I'm here to challenge that it's very much within reach and is absolutely necessary for our long-term well-being. Now, let's learn how to take things from powerless to powerful. Hello, and welcome back to the My Health and Safety podcast. I'm Tamara Masevich-Healy, but you may call me Tammy. Today's episode is going to be the final one of our micro-series, where I break apart Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs theory and assess it for us through my personal and professional lens. From here, we are going to move on to other health and safety topics and start mixing some guest speakers into the podcast. Please bear with me as I find my footing through the interview process to foster conversations that continue to bring us thought-provoking and challenging content, to discover and unlock how to take things from powerless to powerful in our lives. Before we begin, I highly recommend any new listeners tuning in to check out episode two and three first, called My Explanation of Human Needs, part one and two. All three of these episodes build on each other and are most beneficial when listened to in order. So what is today's episode about? The dark side to self-actualization? What? That's right. We're going to explore self-actualization further because it is unlike any other human need. And the more you pull back the layers, the absolutely fascinating it gets. But similar to most beautiful things in life, there could also be a vulnerable dark side. And it's important we explore it all. Now, let's dive into the dark side to self-actualization. Let's start by briefly reviewing what self-actualization need is again. Self-actualization, the highest level to Abraham Maslow's original hierarchy of human needs. As we've stated in previous episodes, self-actualization refers to the realization of a person's potential, self-fulfillment, seeking personal growth and peak experiences. Maslow described this uh, level as a desire to accomplish everything that one can to become the most that one can be. Following our passion our calling, our personal growth journey, the place where our why intersects with our mission, our destiny. I think all of these names and ideas really surround this concept of self-actualization, but most of us have never really thought of it in that light. I personally like to think of it as the place where you finally find yourself and really begin that personal growth journey where this alignment occurs that feels so right and perhaps best described as falling in line with your destiny. And this isn't something you simply find in full. It's found in little bits through movement in life, almost like little breadcrumbs leading you on your personal growth journey. 
But you have to continuously choose that path of growth and it'll be challenging, but rewarding. I personally believe we are all on the self-actualization journey. But like all the other needs, its fulfillment is a scale. And you have to get so far before you really start gaining clarity and heightened motivation, which is sort of the opposite of the deficiency needs. And this is difficult to accomplish in a world full of distracting influence and our other unmet needs. But once you really start uncovering your growth and potential, well, that's just the beginning. And like all the other human needs, this journey isn't always unidirectional. You will move forward, you will be thrown back, you will push forward again, and so on. It's a continuous process of challenging yourself to grow, to let go, and to become. And personally, I don't believe there is an end to it. The continuous journey and growth is the gift, but I believe it changes along the way. And we'll get into that a little more later on. So how is it different from all the other human needs we've discussed? First, self-actualization is incredibly unique to each individual. This may be one of the most beautiful realizations in life that our biology and life experiences formulate a person unlike anyone else in the world. And with that, we can grow and create things through our unique expression that can't easily be replicated. So don't try to be anyone else because who you are and your unique skill set is the true gift to yourself and to the world. However, there is endless room for us to improve as humans, and we should always strive to include that in our journey. All the other human needs in the hierarchy are what universally connect us to each other. Every single human being, no matter your country, no matter your religion, no matter your political views, every human longs to fulfill these needs in some capacity. But how much uh, we demand of these needs and how we choose to fulfill them is expressed individually. And self-actualization is sort of the culmination of this. It's a shared need, but one that is going to look wildly different from each other. And that's really the beauty of it. This leads us to our second differentiator. Self-actualization isn't a need that others can provide you with, right? Humans can directly or indirectly provide each other with a lot of these needs. Someone needs food, we can assist them with that or put systems in place that help. Someone needs security from violence, we can have police services that can assist. Someone needs a friend. We can all be a friend, healthy coworker, or kind stranger to provide as much love and belongingness as we can to the world. Someone did a good job. We can recognize people for their hard work and jobs well done and make sure they know they are appreciated, in turn providing them with a sense of esteem. Now, we all know these needs are way more complicated than what I just said, and it's not easy to personally fulfill them. Never mind help others fulfill their needs, 
But the point I'm trying to show is when it comes to our self journeys, it gets even more difficult to assist. And I want to mention in this episode as well that we are assessing this from the need fulfillment of adults because need fulfillment for children is going to be assessed differently. So although we can provide adults with recognition, we can't necessarily make them proud of themselves and have that self-esteem. We can love them, support them, remind them of all their greatness, but it's still a journey and a process that they have to work through. Similarly, and perhaps even more elusive, is self-actualization. We definitely cannot provide someone with self-actualization, even if that'd be an amazing birthday present. (laughs) So, however, we can support it. And this is what counselors and coaches and even friends and family try to do. They listen, ask questions, try to support and guide you the best they can. As you navigate through yourself to uncover who you are, what self-actualization may look like for you, and where to begin or continue next. But at the end of the day, it's your journey to take. And only you can make the continuous, laborious choice towards growth. Which brings us to our third differentiator. Self-actualization was considered a growth need by Abraham Maslow, whereas all other needs in the hierarchy he considered deficiency needs. Deficiency needs are motivated by a lack of satisfaction. So if you refer back to the My Personal Hierarchy of Needs assessment I provided you with during episode two, you're going to be motivated by any need that doesn't meet your personal minimum requirement. Then, as these needs are met, motivation towards them will generally decrease. However, Maslow considered self-actualization a growth need and claimed that motivation actually increases as the need is met almost like becoming your true self is addicting. So I look at the deficiency need needs as the motivation to fill what's missing. Whereas the growth need provides the motivation to continue towards what could be. Now that we are starting to build an awareness around personal self-actualization, let's discuss its relationship to transcendence. Whew. According to Maslow, transcendence refers to the very highest and most inclusive or holistic levels of human consciousness, behaving and relating as ends rather than means to oneself, to significant others, to human beings in general, to other species, to natures, and to the cosmos. Other transcendence descriptions include American philosopher and psychiatrist William James, noting that we can experience union with something larger than ourselves and in that union find our greatest peace. Or that by Dr. David Bryce Yaden, who's referred to it as the subjective sense of oneself as an isolated entity can temporarily fade into an experience of unity with other people or one's surroundings, involving the dissolution of boundaries between the sense of self and other. Self-transcendence is, at its core, rising above the self and relating to and acting on that of a greater whole. 
And what this greater thing is can be different from person to person, but it is always something greater than the self. Pretty interesting stuff. So how does self-actualization play into personal transcendence? From what I've seen, most people look at self-actualization and transcendence as separate levels to the hierarchy, placing transcendence above self-actualization as another human need to be fulfilled separately. Self-actualization is about personal growth and transcendence is about providing societal growth in some way with self-motivation removed. My personal take on this really only came into focus as I was processing my thoughts deeper for this episode. I don't believe self-actualization and transcendence are as separate as most make it. Instead, I challenge they are interrelated and should fall under the shared title of actualization with two categories being self-actualization and transcendence. Similar to the way Maslow broke esteem down into two categories, esteem for oneself and the desire for reputation or respect from others. The word actualization means the act or process of making actual or real. So in my mind, self-actualization is becoming your most actual or real self. And transcendence is the act or process of offering your real self and gifts to something larger in an attempt to make something actual or real for the world. So to me, these aren't necessarily above or below each other, but they're interconnected and can strengthen together along that journey of becoming. So as you continue to grow, you can continue to bring value to the world. And a quote that beautifully hits on my vision of actualizing is by Howard Thurman. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is more people who have come alive. We transcend ourselves through becoming ourselves. We transcend ourselves through giving ourselves. Through transcendence, we learn even more about ourselves. We can continue to grow and recognize our potential. To me, self-actualization and transcendence are an interconnected feedback loop. The more I think about this, the more it seems like there's a natural progression along the actualization journey. When we are just starting this journey, a lot of the focus will be on self. But as we continue and progress, transcendence becomes almost more and more tied in to the journey, eventually leading us towards the end of our lives where we almost actualize more for others and the world than for ourselves. This made me think about another quote, one by Edward Albert. Sometimes you have to be selfish to be selfless. And if I tweak that quote a little bit to really fit my own vision, it reads, at first, you may have to be selfish to later scale selfless. And the way that I look at this is that we must discover who we are, what skills and interests we have. We must then further develop those and gain the necessary knowledge and experience throughout our life to then be able to offer it back to the world for purpose larger than ourselves. And to me, this is all a part of the actualization journey. So 
That's my take on the relationship between self-actualization and transcendence. I'd love to hear your thoughts and how that sits with you. Because although we are each on our own journey, we share in this life journey. Now, what does the title of this episode mean? The dark side to self-actualization. That sounds kind of (laughs) crazy. Well, like everything in life, nothing is black and white, but actually a whole slew of grays. So as we've been discussing self-actualization, it has sound almost magical, right? You find your path, there are struggles, but you stay committed because this is your calling and you continue to grow and transcend and we all make the world a better place. So where does the problem lie? (laughs) Well, first, progressing on your self-actualization journey is difficult. We have so much outside influence that's been piled on us our entire life that we may be following a life formula that isn't even what we really wanted. But that's okay because you can always work from where you are no matter what, and all of that time and experience will be used towards your journey, not wasted like we probably tell ourselves. We also have all those other human deficiency needs pulling and driving our motivation. And as we learned in episode two and three, need fulfillment can be challenging, and each needs fulfillment will fluctuate throughout our lives due to a million different factors. And this can definitely influence progression on our self-actualization journey. Next, our personal need fulfillment is highly perception-based, as we discussed in my explanation of human needs part one. One person may perceive having one good friend as a strong sense of belonging, whereas another person may feel completely devoid of friendship and belonging with only having one friend. We see the world and relish or suffer in it based on our personal beliefs and perceptions. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I believe we need all these different people with different experiences and perceptions to have a healthy balance in the world. But it's when we lose love and respect for each other and we stop listening to each other's opinions and perceptions with compassion and consideration, that's when the real problems begin. When we perceive our personal beliefs and perceptions of truth as the only truth. And just as our beliefs and perceptions can play into meeting our deficiency needs, they also play into our self-actualization and transcendence needs. So one person's belief that they're contributing to building a brighter future can be another person's belief that they are destroying the future. And the only way to truly build a brighter future for all is to love and respect each other, to listen to each other's opinions and perceptions with compassion and consideration. But we're going to put all of that aside for a moment here and take a look at the self-actualization journey itself, the power behind it and how it can transition from a positive journey to a darker one, if not monitored and controlled. There are four qualities of self-actualization I want to discuss that can teeter on that healthy, unhealthy border. And this is my own experience 
This isn't based on anything by Maslow or any research I've seen out there. So I want you to take it with a grain of salt, but I really believe people can relate to this and that's why I wanted to discuss it. Four qualities to monitor during your self-actualization journey. One, hyper-focused. You found a bit of yourself and the journey that is yours and have set your sights on where you need to continue. You will never look at things the same because you've been viewing the world through the lens society has given you. But now you have really discovered a lens that presents personal clarity and allows you to see who you are, what challenges you may struggle with, what strengths you may have, and some of the steps you need to take to continue your journey. That's a big deal. And that is now going to be really important to you. And all of that clutter the world has dumped on you over the years about what you should want or need may be shown in a new light as completely irrelevant. You will be reorganizing and cleansing your life to better align with your personal growth journey. And this can feel invigorating. There is a sense of peace and excitement with this direction, and this journey becomes very intimate. And that makes it easy to stay focused on and shield from distraction. It's easy to become hyper-focused, and this could be a good thing to progress forward. However, if not monitored and controlled for, other areas in your life can suffer from lack of required attention. The second quality, self-focused. Self-actualization is a human need. So as we fulfill that need, we are going to feel more fulfilled as a person. And that feels really good, especially because self-actualization is a growth need. So it's not filling a deficiency. It's fueling your life. It's the top tier of the hierarchy for a reason. It's almost a feeling of deja vu. But not in that you've been there before, but a feeling that this is exactly what you are meant to be doing. A feeling of alignment with what you're doing in the moment with some hypothetical destiny that was written for you. It just feels so right. Like without doubt, this is what you are meant to be doing. I would like to call it Delina Mon, destiny plus alignment in French, sort of. Now, once you find this Delina Mon, It's not game over. You've won and get to feel this high forever. It's just as fleeting as happiness. But as you continue your journey, you get moments of it, which reminds you why you were doing this in the first place and why you can't give up. And this isn't something you can force or something you will experience by a certain age. It's not something you can solve or find. It's the present state of being that feels like it's been reinforced or validated by the world. (laughs) It's really discovered by being true to yourself and interests and following that in life. And then one day you advance to this place in your journey where you hit this alignment and you're overcome by this Delina Mon feeling. And you continue because giving up on this feels like you'd be giving up on yourself and maybe even giving up on what you perceive as your larger purpose. Your self-actualization journey is what makes you feel special more than anything else in the world because it is so unique and intimate to you and everyone wants to feel special in their own way in life. So this is a wonderful thing. 
But if not monitored and controlled for, one may become too self-focused. And that has its own set of concerns that can have a negative impact to yourself and those around you. The next quality then is independent. Naturally, with becoming hyper-focused and more self-focused, it's going to be harder and harder for those around you to relate. People generally aren't going to understand your journey of becoming or always see the allure that you do because it's not their journey or the one they would necessarily want to take. So you are left feeling very alone and isolated, but yet very alive and in alignment. It is a very interesting need. (laughs) And it's nice that you have something you can work at independently, but similar to the other qualities we've touched upon, there is a balance that needs to be maintained for your wellness. Oftentimes, the pursuit of becoming the most that you can be can lead to isolation and feelings of alienation. It's important to monitor this, to keep it in check and control, because like the other two qualities mentioned, these can become healthy qualities or they can easily become unhealthy. The fourth quality is addicted. Self-actualization can be addictive in the way that there is a clear pleasure-pain response with this journey that is driving you to continue. A high when you are actively working towards it, and a painful discomfort when you aren't. Now, this can be a good thing because it drives your motivation and commitment to move forward. However, like any addictive substance or behavior, it can also get out of control and start to destroy your life through disregard for all your other needs. It almost feels like there is this extremely delicate balance between the addictive nature of your self-actualization process and a point at which you can turn into being addicted. One result in the continual motivation of focus towards growth and fulfillment in an organized and controlled way, which is generally a slower process. And the other is a point at which motivation becomes so strong, it's more like control with lost disregard for other areas of your life and well-being. We can push happiness, health, relationships, and all our other needs to the side because this is special. And this feeling can either drive you to success or destruction or even both. People who give up on what they perceive to be their journey or growth can definitely experience a kind of withdrawal. Research finds that depression and anxiety are common among elite athletes after their career ends. Olympic athletes in particular suffer from post-Olympic blues. And there are a lot of really interesting questions here that I'd love to ask a researcher in this area about one day on the podcast. Like, at what point does this pleasure pain response become an addiction because we naturally experience this pleasure pain response when we eat food have sex watch our favorite shows so at what point does an addictive substance or behavior turn into an addiction is it in regards to the amount of pleasure pain we achieve from the substance based on the level of the dopamine hit we get is it in regards to the frequency we pursue this substance chronic for short-term exposure? 
Is it in regards to the level of negative impact it has on our everyday life? Is it in regards to changes it causes in the brain? Or is it a combination of all of this? Is all addiction destructive over time? And how do we keep chronic pleasure pain substances in check, such as the pursuit of self-actualization? Unfortunately, I don't have the answers to these questions, but we'll see if we can bring someone on who does. But I think it's clear that it's important that your pursuit doesn't control your life. And it has some sense of order and is confined to some sort of time frame so that you remain the one in control. It's possible that some extraordinary sports athletes, artists, and entrepreneurs are addicted to their mission, personal growth, or success. And that's why they have been able to accomplish what they have. That's why they keep coming back for more, no matter what. A lot of times, it's even promoted in society. I got this far because I only slept three hours a night. I didn't hang out with my friends for five years. I sold everything I had to fund it. You're not doing that? Well, then you don't want it bad enough. When you become addicted to growth, development, your purpose, a particular mission or goal, it can have similar effects as any other addiction. In that, your other needs can go unmet and it has the potential to destroy your life and harm those around you. There are artists that end up homeless because the continued pursuit to create and express their art is more important than all other needs. There are entrepreneurs who sell their homes, cash in their retirement plans, and alienate from friends and family in the pursuit of fulfilling their dreams. Is this personal alignment and dopaminergic response what drives us to follow through to actualization? And is this good or bad? Can we be too narrowly focused on one area of becoming where it becomes dangerous to our holistic well-being? But is it worth it? Definitely not for me to decide. But I'll tell you, when you're in it, it feels worth it. Now, let's get into a hypothetical self-actualization journey example. You discovered seahorse breeding. (laughs) I have no idea if you can even breed seahorses outside their natural environment, but stick with me here because I am committing to this example. You love seahorses. You always have and even wanted to be a marine biologist as a child. Then one day you learned they have declining populations in the ocean and the remainder of the population is at threat from the exotic pet market and you decide to start dabbling in seahorse breeding. At first, it starts as an interest, an experiment, but it works, and you wake up every day super excited to be taking care of these seahorses. And on your spare time, you are reading books and articles and connecting with people in this space and doing everything you can to maximize this mission for yourself and the world. You are and feel invigorated. You found this alignment that feels like your purpose in life. You want to take this to the next level. You want to continue to grow and expand on this mission and save the world's seahorse populations. (laughs) You felt delinamon. You have begun a self-actualization journey that feels more aligned 
than the path you've been on your entire life. You go to bed thinking about it and you wake up in the morning excited to work towards it. You hone in on what this means, who you need to become, and the plan for moving forward. You feel more fulfilled than ever, and this mission and the work you've been doing makes you feel special and useful in the world. You become addicted, spending most of your time and energy with this very personalized mission. But you don't realize that all your other human needs are starting to suffer. And even when you do, you're not ready to give up on your mission. You are investing more money than you could sustain into the mission. You don't have much financial stability and security since you quit your full-time job to pursue this. You are spending way less time with your friends and family, and your esteem is continuing to decrease until you can make it all work and prove yourself to everybody. Because not everyone understands and is supportive of this new journey you are on. In fact, no one may be. They may see it as risky and reckless and don't support you and don't support what you are doing as you quit your stable job and life and now all of your human needs are wavering. As fellow humans, this makes them uncomfortable because they don't get fulfillment from it like you do. They're pretty much just going to see all the deficiencies it's creating in your life and that drives their concern for you. And that's really difficult because self-actualization is such a unique personal journey that means so much to each of us. And it's often misunderstood by everyone around you, even by those that love you. My husband told me this quote a while back that I've never been able to get out of my head. The only difference between courage and stupidity is the outcome. And I'm honestly still trying to process all my thoughts around that. So if your seahorse breeding mission succeeds and you're able to make a nice career out of it and make a positive difference in the world, everyone is going to say how courageous you were to take that leap and follow your dreams. But if you don't make it work and end up losing a bunch of money and having to go back to your traditional nine to five job, people are going to say you were stupid. And even before the outcome is known, people will generally judge you as stupid until proven courageous. And that kind of just adds to the dark side of self-actualization. So what do you do? On one hand, actualization is the highest level of human needs. And on the other, it can be addictive and destructive. How do we monitor and control for this to ensure a healthy journey forward? First, I think it's important to not get too wrapped up in any one identifier as your whole sense of self. Because what happens if it doesn't work out? Or even if it does, then what? Once you've fulfilled that, things can happen that are out of our control. And if we put all of our identity in only one or two things, we can lose sight of how much more we are and have to offer ourselves and the world. If we only personally identify with one thing in our life and it doesn't matter what that one thing is, a person, a career, an image, a hobby, a drug, an exclusive group, a level of success, we will bury ourselves in it and feel completely lost without it. So on our journey of becoming, the most that we can be 
include several factors of growth and becoming. I'm going to become a better mother, a better wife, a better entrepreneur, a better mentor, a better community member, stronger in my faith, a better listener, and better at appreciating the small things of everyday life. There are so many ways to use our unique biology and life experiences for good in the world. And when you find something unique to you, it's going to feel amazing. But if it doesn't work out exactly as you wanted or it comes to an end, know that you've grown from that experience and you will now use that as you continue to go, grow, and contribute. Either in something similar or in something completely new. The journey of actualization is multifaceted and continuous, and I hope you never forget that. Second, you need to be flexible in your thoughts and actions along the self-actualization journey. Our beliefs and perspectives can be our own worst enemy, especially when we are rigid in them. In order to truly grow, you have to listen and adjust, and that could be very uncomfortable if it contradicts your initial beliefs or perceptions. Hence, the struggle of the growth process. (laughs) Growth is vulnerable. Growth is admitting you are imperfect and require work. Growth is slow and requires consistency. Be flexible, be open, and be gentle with yourself and others. Third, don't lose connection with others. The world is always bigger than you. You matter in it and you can contribute beautifully unique things to it. But what does any of it matter without others? Not everyone is going to support your journey, but some will. Find those people. And those that don't support your journey, challenge them on why. And this is extremely uncomfortable because your journey is very personal and an attack on your journey is going to feel like an attack on you. But this is very insightful and a great personal growth opportunity because the majority of the time they are simply fearful for you and it's healthy to consider their reasons why. And it's healthy for them if you explain to them your reasons for not being fearful or that you are fearful yourself and weighing those concerns. These relationships can convert to loving supporters. Others may just be jealous of you and don't want to see, see you succeed. And these are relationships you may choose to distance yourself from. And then others still may know something you haven't considered in regards to your journey and their feedback could be invaluable to how you proceed and adjust moving forward. So listening to those you care about can help you monitor your journey, continue to grow, and still maintain healthy connections in your life. Fourth, self-reflect often and adjust. This is going to require you to be honest and vulnerable with yourself and others. Growth happens because we are all imperfect. Self-reflection allows us to critically check ourselves and adjust to get on a better track. If you believe you are addicted or just spiraling down a dark path, that's okay. But you have to come to terms with that and address it yourself or get help. 
Assessing, adjusting, and continuing, that is the journey. By keeping these four things in mind, I believe you can have a healthier progression along your actualization journey for both yourself and others. Remember, this is my personal and professional take on it all. I am not a medical doctor or a psychiatrist, but a passionate health and safety professional who hopes to contribute to making the world a little healthier and happier. As we close up today's episode, I hope this took you on a personal journey. And I hope this three-part mini-series shook you a bit to reflect on yourself, your life, and your personal journey of becoming. You are special. You are valuable. And I hope you can continue to progress on your actualization journey. But please remember to keep love and respect for yourself and others as a part of it. I also want to mention that growth is always scary, uncomfortable, and difficult. But those should not be a reason why you retreat back to comfort. Growth must be chosen again and again. And hopefully you can use some of the information and tools provided over these last three episodes to regularly check yourself and keep you on track. Final quote I want to leave off with today. Let us begin by doing our best to do our best every single time, no matter what, forever. Edward Albert. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. All show notes and guest bios can be found on our website at myhealthandsafety.com. That's myhealthandsafety.com. If you enjoyed our content, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to our channel. Finally, here's a sneak peek on what's to come next week. See y'all then. If you're not happy at your workplace or you're not happy in your personal life, like take those changes to, to make yourself happy. You know, make those changes. Step up and do that because, you know, we only, yeah. we all, this is only one life to live. And we can't, if we feel like we're trapped or if we feel like there's nothing we can do about it, like take that energy that you have into complaining and channel it into making a change.